0: Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Nidrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richman. Let's listen. Redemptive Relationship Part 1, When Nothing Seems to Change As we read the story of the Exodus in Parshat Bo, our tradition invites us to explore the nature of redemptive relationship. Instead of reading the Exodus as primarily historical or mythic, a prominent strand among our sages interprets the Exodus intimately and poetically through the lens of the Song of Songs. The narrative becomes the origin story of our covenantal relationship with God, or, one might say, the story of how we fell in love. Our sages offer not one story of the moment when our relationship crystallized, but multiple stories that hinge on different moments in the Exodus, offering a dynamic picture of what redemptive relationship looks like. When we study this rich theology of love and read it back onto the interpersonal, we can understand our own relationships in a more dynamic, powerful, and maybe even redemptive way. This week, we see that the earliest moment of when we fell in love with God brings us to a scene when Israel is stuck in Egypt. Our relationship takes shape even before the apparent act of redemption, leaving Egypt, occurs. Parshapo teaches us that formative and redemptive relationships can blossom in the very midst of difficult circumstances, even when it feels like our reality has not and may never change. Playing off of the imagery of the Rose of Sharon, Chavatzela Tasharon, and the Lily of the Valleys, Shoshana ha'amakim. Midrash tells us of the Exodus journey as being hidden in the shadow and then coming into good deeds and song. Redemptive divine love inspires a transformation into full self-expression in deed and in voice. While we might think that the song of the sea is the most natural setting for the climax of transformation, which we'll talk about next week, the first iteration of this arc occurs while we are still in Egypt. I'll quote a bit of this Midrash. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. I am she and beloved am I. Anihi ani. I am she who was beloved in the shadow of Egypt. And in a short time, the Holy Blessed One gathered me to Ramses, and I bloomed with good deeds like a lily. And I said before God a song. As it is said, you will have song on the night of the sanctified feast. From Isaiah. In this passage, the formative moment of our love story with God is in Egypt on the eve of the Passover sacrifice, singing a song hoping for redemption, but not having experienced it yet. From being hidden in the shadow of Egypt, we make it only so far as Ramses, still within Egypt's borders, and a concrete image of our slavery, the city that we built as slaves. This is a relationship in its earliest moments. When circumstances have not fully changed, after all, we are still in Egypt, and there is still much uncertainty about where the relationship with God is going and how it will get there. Ramses represents some kind of subtle transformation when realities on the ground still reflect an unredeemed In the continuation of the Midrash, there are two very different readings of how a transformative relationship with God interfaces with the depths of oppression, relevant for our understanding of this first iteration of our transformation still in the very sight of slavery, Ramses. One interpretation sees an act of full salvation. We were in great distress, and God saved us. I am given over in the depths of troubles, says the Midrash, And when the Holy Blessed One draws me out from the troubles, I bloom with good deeds like a lily and say before God a song. That is why it is written, in their distress, they sought you. We are in the depths of troubles. And then God draws us out from the troubles. This is the prototypical way we think of redemptive relationship being saved from difficult circumstances. In a more radical interpretation, we see an entirely positive reading that not only imagines God leading us out of the depths, but eviscerates these depths altogether. In this midrash, the depths are not troubles at all, but refer to God gazing deeply at us. At the time your eyes gaze deeply at me, I bloom with good deeds like a lily and say a song. That is why it is written, quoting Psalms, a song of ascents, from the depths, Mima amakim, I called to you, God. This Midrash takes the same components. The depths are transformation and adornment with good deeds and an eruption in song. Yet in this interpretation, the depths are not depths of troubles, but rather God gazing deeply at us. Instead of crying out to God from the depths of trouble, the image is that the depths of God's love, staring deeply into our eyes, as it were, transforms us to be able to call out and express ourselves in song. Short and sweet, This interpretation actually gives us pause to reconsider the whole story of the Exodus, where God's dramatic acts of salvation loom large. Instead, it suggests the real root of redemption is not a miraculous and ostentatious rescue from dire straits, but the sheer intensity of God's love. In stark contrast to the interpretations we've seen so far, where our redemptive relationship leaves us without woes, A different passage offers an alternative picture of what redemptive relationship looks like. Rather than emerging out of the depths of our troubles, this version amplifies that troubled experience. The Midrash does not mince words. I am in hell, it says, and then imagines being redeemed from the depths of hell at the end of days. Yet, when it goes on to expand this scene, we don't find God taking us out of hell, but rather going to hell with us, just as all nations are doomed to hell with their gods due to misdeeds and failures. The Midrash closes with the famous verse from Psalms 23, as I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil, for you are with me, ki ata imadi. The trajectory of relationship here is not God taking us out of our troubles, but God coming to accompany us where we are as we suffer like all of humanity suffers. The theme of God suffering with us is not unfamiliar in Jewish theology, particularly when we think of the destruction of the temple and years of exile. But it is surprising to see it juxtaposed with an image about the Exodus as we saw in the beginning. The Exodus is a story of God rescuing his special people from their suffering. But this passage retells redemption as God being with a not-so-special people, as undeserving as everyone else, as we remain in the midst of suffering. This final scene of God joining us in our woes may seem totally different than the previous interpretations we saw, but perhaps it is not entirely at odds. The idea that the origins of our relationship with God began in Ramses, still in Egypt, makes room for a picture of redemption that grows in the very midst of an unredeemed context. The second interpretation we saw may actually reinforce this picture, as it is solely focused on God gazing deeply at us. We learn that redemption comes by virtue of being in a relationship grounded in a deeply loving gaze that brings us to fuller self-expression, even without any conclusive shift in our circumstances. To the extent that our lives or our world feel stuck at times, the Ramsey's version of the origins of redemptive relationship resonates strongly. The theological love of Ramsey's translates into the love we express— When we take the leap to be with someone in pain even when we know we can't make it go away it is the love of day in day out presence in relationships with children parents loved ones or friends navigating chronic conditions it is the love that carries us through a global pandemic god and israel in this formative stage teach us the force of a loving presence as we weather the storms that we cannot control from inside the storm This mutual love powers a sense of expression and agency in action and voice, good deeds and song. Even as circumstances may be slow to change or not change at all, we can all hope to build these kinds of relationships that are the root of any redemption.
1: Oh, yeah, he did I I Oh, yeah, <speaking in foreign language> I'm dai, nini dai, dai, dai,
0: This episode of Tashmah was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg and edited by Evan Feist. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It has been a pleasure to learn with you.